Hello all and welcome. This is our getting to know section of the podcast with Adelaide Rally Manager Tim Possingham. Tim, welcome along. I'm looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better. Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me today. Many of us are lucky to be a part of the sport for a long time. Rallying is is something that gets in your blood. Tim, when did you first get involved in rallying? I didn't get involved until actively myself as a participant until around about 2004, 2005. But um, prior to that, of course, I used to go and watch the classic Adelaide rally, and um, it, which started in Adelaide in about uh, 1997. And I, I always aspired to do the event. Um, I used to... I've always lived in the Adelaide Hills, so I would trek through bushland to try to find the best vantage point to um, to watch the event. Um, I very much, um, you know, remember those early days of looking at the routes, trying to work out where I wanted to be, what time the cars were coming through, how to get from one spot to another. And something really sticks with me to this day is the sound of particularly the sound of a normally aspirated 1970s or 1980s Porsche just echoing through the valleys, you know, from a distance um, is something that just it still sends um, shivers down my spine to today. And, and I suppose that was my first taste of rally and it was Tarmac Rally. And then in the, uh, in the mid um, to early 2000s, I should say, um, then I, and I got into the sport myself and I'm happy to talk to you about that. It was, it was a great time. So when you did get into the sport as a driver, um, what did you drive? Did you uh, get to drive that Porsche that you were talking about that sounded beautiful when you first got into the sport? No, I my first car was a Mazda RX-4. And mm-hmm. for those that, that know about my history, I started off, I suppose, my life in automotive was that I had a, an automotive workshop in the 1990s. We used to do a lot of Mazda Rotary cars at Mazda RX 2s, 3s, 4s and, and whatnot. We, we used to build a lot of drag racing Mazda Rotary. So I've always been close to the Mazda Rotary product. And, um, and then in 2005, I entered a beautiful black Mazda RX 4 Coupe in the, the classic Adelaide Rally. And back in those days, I thought, you know, I know all of the roads, so I don't, you know, yeah. I thought, what do you need pace notes for? What do I even need a navigator for? Um, you know, I know these roads like the back of my hand, and I did because I was brought up in the area and I, yeah. I really did know them like the back of my hand. But I connected with Darren Masters, who is a former state rally champion, and um, Darren really taught me how to rally properly. So... Darren taught me how to read and well, write and read pace notes to interpret pace notes, um, all the hints and tips about how to drive um, in terms of rally driving. And um, I very quickly learned that I could, I could go a lot quicker um, having a good understanding of pace notes. And um, it was a, a steep learning curve. And anyway, we entered the event and I think in year one, I finished 11th outrider and it exceeded my expectations or um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where we were at. And then the yeah. following year, I came back again in the same car, which I'd improved a little bit. And this used to run a 13B monster port engine, it's called. So it's yeah. like, a, uh, like a, a big, big bridge port engine. 
Um, we had a straight cut close ratio uh, PPG, like fits in a performance gearboxes, gearbox, and you know, all the other gear in the car. And um, uh, we improved again, but I didn't think I could sort of go much quicker. And then I ended up developing a Nissan Silvia with a CA18 turbo engine. And yeah. we ran that for a couple of years. And then I moved on later to do uh, what became Targa Adelaide um, mm. several years with a Nissan R32 GDR and, and we won early modern um, repeatedly and, and we were always in about the top six or seven outright in that car. So mm. re- reasonably successful given that I didn't have a, you know, a huge budget. We were racing mm. against people like Jim Richards at the time and, yes. and people like Kevin Weeks and, and, and those types that certainly had a bigger budget. Yeah. So do you still compete? Do you still have those cars now? Or are you just way too busy with the Adelaide Rally and the, I, the Adelaide Motorsport Festival? Yeah, what happened is um, I became more and more involved in the running of these events. And at the time, I so my work history is that I um, I had a, an automotive workshop in the 90s that was very successful. And we ended up having eight employees at our peak, either part or full time. And then um, I developed a marketing company attached to that and a training company. We used to make a lot of products, bespoke products, and we distribute a lot of products. And then um, and what I mean by that is um, globally um, products made in Australia that would sell to America and whatnot. I then, I then went on to do more marketing and events and we got involved in motorsport events mm. as part of marketing. And that developed further again into organisation, a bit more of the organisation of, of marketing uh, activities, uh, you know, be like trade shows or, or events. Mm. And um, I, I worked for Octagon that were that uh, used to own Target Tasmania mm-hmm. and um, I developed the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. We attached um, the Adelaide Rally, which I own, to it or the Adelaide Rally brand. Um, and then we engaged what was Target Tasmania then to run that event for a couple of years. Um, and then, um, uh, and obviously I was very, very heavily involved in that, doing all the community consultation and dealing with governments and, and whatnot. And then later we took everything, uh, I suppose, and put it, uh, we made it state-based, I should say. So we engaged Ivis Tonellis and Valley uh, One, which is um, Ivis company that runs, yep. at the time was running the NARC around here in, in South Australia and whatnot. And, um, and then I started to really get serious about growing that event. And of course, what had happened in 2009 was the classic Adelaide had fallen over. Yes. Yep. Dave Edwards had taken off overseas and there was some money owing. And, um, you know, that, that was a bit of a disaster. So we really resurrected that event and, um, and, and have built it into what it is today. Mm. And unfortunately, the byproduct of all of that is that I can't really do the event that I run in. The last, <laughs> the last time that I competed was 2019 and... I ran my Mitsubishi Evo, which is now owned by Matt Selly, who and he drove that to victory in the Adelaide Rally this year. Yeah, that 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 was my car, 
And that car was in a former GTP race car that had done um, races at Bathurst and, and things like that um, and been converted to a tarmac rally car. So mm-hmm. I sold the other nice cars. I you know, sold my Nissan GDR for, I think it was $33,000, and that's worth a hell of a lot more money than that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I certainly regret, I regret selling a lot of cars, actually, mm-hmm. but... No, um, I, I would love to get back into it. It's it's addictive. It is the best form of motorsport, of course. I've done drag racing. I've done circuit racing. Um, I've done all kinds of other things. And there's nothing for me like tarmac rally. Um, and there's nothing like absolutely nailing a stage. And it's almost meditative. It's almost – it's quite surreal when I'm sure – that, you know your audience out there that are rally people understand this that when you you're um you're traveling along a stage and the, the notes are just perfect and every movement of the car and the timing is absolutely perfect it is absolutely surreal it's almost like you're not driving the car it's almost like for me it's almost like i'm above looking at someone else driving the car and through the stage and um and when you get it all right, um, it, you know, there's nothing better than that. And um, I like the fact that it is more than just one person, you know, it involves that connection with your navigator. And, um, and I've had several navigators in my um, rallying career, if you want to call it that. But uh, the last time I raced, my daughter um, was my navigator. And there's a great story to tell there that, uh, we live at the top of Mount Lofty for an easy way of describing it. And then she, uh, my daughter, went to school at the bottom of the mountain um, yeah. at a college called St. Peter's Girls. So when she was very small, and, and what I mean is when she was sort of, you know, seven, eight, nine years old even, I used to get her to read the pace notes and uh, <laughs> I um, bring her home from school. So I'd take the notes and then we, I'd pick her up from school and she would actually read them to me while I'm doing some mm. recce back in those days. And she's a very, very good navigator. You know, I really would have liked to have done more with, um, with her, but the last time we competed was 2019. We did a day and a half of the event. And um, uh, I think we were second outright on a couple of stages, including Wickham's Hill, you know, against Vipers and, you know, other things like that. But I need to, to then sort of retire from the event and then just get serious about all the, you know, the running of the event and everything else mm. that we, we were doing at the time. Yeah. And last of all, is there a bucket list event that you might want to compete on yourself or help organise? Is there something over in Europe or maybe it's something in America, an event that you might want to compete on or, or run yourself? Yeah, look, I guess, um, yeah, again, this might sound crazy, but I just really want to do what is now my own event properly. Yeah, <laughs> well, that makes sense. worry about organising it but because for me, Instead of going to a place that I don't know, you know, there's stages in our own event that I just absolutely love. Like I love Mount Lofty stage. I love Basket Range, the original Basket Range stage, um, Montecute, you know, those sorts of things. Because it's in my backyard, um, I I love it so much more. Mm. Um, so um, I wish that I could do that. I don't know whether I... I I don't think I, although I'm completely in control of that, I don't think that that's going to end up happen, happening. Yeah. 
Um, I'm interested in visiting other events. Um, and, and as you're aware, our event's got a big touring side to it as well as a competitive side. So um, next year, um, it's likely that I'll go and visit. Um, I'm going to go to Brescia and, and see the Millamilia and just see that firsthand and, you know, I already have a good understanding of how that operates and, and whatnot, but mm. that's a circa 400 car event. So it's a very, very big event. Again, it, it, it's, it's, it's got its own sort of competitive side to it, but, but it's not what you or I really understand to be hardcore competitive rallying. Um, but it, uh, it's something of interest to me. So I'm going to go and check that out. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Tim, thanks so much for your time. We've got to know you a little bit better. For those who haven't listened to the other episode, please go and do so now. We're going to talk all things about the Adelaide Rally and the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. But for now, Tim, thanks for your time. Thank you.